Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. Today's podcast is on sustainability. Now, I don't mean sustainability as it's often meant. We often think of it as having to do with the environment, with food, with clean air, with power sources, and so forth. But there's a different kind of sustainability, which I would maintain perhaps is even more important. That is human respect and ethical treatment. The restaurant Noma, which is in Copenhagen, and which was nominated and received five times best restaurant in the world, has announced its closing in 2024 by the chef who is a uh, star in cuisine circles. He's ineligible for further nominations because he's won it five times. But the major issue of his closing is that what he claims is a grueling schedule and labor for the production of such dishes, I quote here, grilled reindeer heart on spruce twigs or beetles formed from plant leather and a jam. The labor, he says, is excruciatingly repetitive and specific. And he has had an army of interns, many of whom have worked for free and lived at their own expense just to get the credential of working for him. Now, one of the women who was in charge of making these beetles, which must have been just, you know, headache-inducing, said that she never used a knife, never used her tasting spoon. All she learned to make were these beetles, and it served her no purpose thereafter. But heretofore, in restaurants like this, and I've dined, for example, at Blue Hill Farm in Tarrytown, New York, and I've dined at Eleven Madison when it was rated the top restaurant in the world, before that chef went all vegan or whatever he went, all best award winners of one stripe or another, there were scores of interns working for free, toiling in 16-hour days in order to produce the meals and gain their credentials for having worked under these world-class chefs. In Tarrytown at Blue Hill Farm, perhaps 50 people were in the filled dining room and there was only one seating. And <clears throat> there were 12 or 15 courses. And when we were asked to come into the kitchen to watch what was going on, I saw approximately 50 people working, five zero people working. And when I asked our escort for management, how they could possibly afford that with one seating, even though the prices were so expensive. I was told that it was the pleasure and pride and wonder of working there that brought all these people together. It was incredible. They were all dressed in the same sort of intern chef's uniform, all working under some supervision. And they weren't smiling and weren't laughing and weren't chatting. They were quite, quite serious. In fact, at the Noma restaurant, I read in the New York Times that the interns weren't allowed to laugh or smile. I don't know if that's true, but the Times, you know, all the news they see fit to print. And they, while we were in the kitchen, they showed us how they filleted a fish. They gave us a parsnip rating contest. I don't know that I've ever had a parsnip. I might have by accident. Uh, but we had three parsnips, and they were all delicious. And we actually judged them for them. And we did things like that. And then we went back and we had the protein courses and so forth. And things were meticulously arranged. I mean, at one point, they brought out a platter with lettuce and some uh, other kind of a green and uh, radishes. And I said, well, you know, I'm not into vegan stuff. 
vegetarian stuff. And my wife said, try one, and it was the most delicious lettuce I've ever tasted, and the four of us, you know, polished off that as well. Even the Manhattan I had, which was in a tiny glass, and I thought it was parsimonious, uh, was surrounded on the inside by a perfect orange peel. Everything was meticulous and delicious. But how do you have to charge? I mean, I think at the end of the night, with very expensive wine, uh, the other uh, gentleman and I uh, each pay close to $2,000. Well, what do you charge if you really can support or wish to support or need to support all of this free help in a decent and ethical style, in a sustainable style? Will you have enough people who sit there for one seating to pay that bill? And, you know, an excess of any extravagance begins to push the needle into the red zone. And I think in cuisine, and I'll talk in a minute about other areas, we're looking at an, uh, a situation where we say, well, how extreme do we have to be? Do people really need spruce twigs and beetles from uh, the bark, leather bark? So there have been abuses in professions where people want desperately to work with the best of the best and unfortunately often have to experience improper behavior. And we've seen now everyone from orchestra leaders to uh, executives in uh, uh, ballet companies and directors of ballet companies and people in the theater who are abusive to others, not just sexual abuse, but abuse in terms of language, abuse in terms of working conditions, and abuse in terms of humiliating people. I happen to have been the president of the board of a ballet and we ran it scrupulously well. We had ombudsmen and we had ways that dancers could make sure that everything was appropriate and they had access to outside help. Uh, you know, we had a, what would they call it? Um, an intimacy coach, we had everything. But in many ballet companies, that hasn't been the way to the top. And we hear too much about this. These professions where people love their work, to me would include things like nurses, and teachers, and reporters, and first responders, and so forth. And nurses, and teachers, and reporters, and first responders are not making a fortune. And they put up with some horrible working conditions in terms of hours, in terms of the schools, in terms of doctors being uh, abusive themselves to the help around them, because they love what they do. And I have always found it ironic that the more you love what you do, the more you're willing to accept things that other people would not accept in jobs they don't love as much. I remember once I was at one of my clients, the American Press Institute, and I am the only person in their history who's a non-journalist to achieve their lifetime achievement award. And there was a man in the room from the New York Times, a reporter, and he said at one point when I was talking about teams and teamwork, he said, listen, they treat us like crap. Our computers are old. We have no support. We have to do more and more of our own work. When something goes wrong, we get criticized. When we do something right, we do not get rewarded or praised. He said, it's a sweatshop. And I said, why don't you leave? And he said, are you crazy? I love this work. And that's what leaves people open to abuse. So when you have a calling, you'll endure worse environments, even to the point of abuse in one form or another. It was always considered the cost of being with a master, but more recently we've seen what it is 
It's simply poor treatment and poor pay. Now, differing talents and experiences, differing training deserve differing remuneration. I'm not saying everyone should get rich and everyone deserves the same rewards, even in the same job. Some people hold higher responsibilities. A fire captain has more responsibility than a firefighter. And some people are simply better than others at what they do. Some people sell better than other salespeople. The rarer the skill, after all, the more valuable it is. If you don't believe that, just look at these 200 and 300 million dollar deals for athletes or the entertainers who sign on for a year in Las Vegas. The rarer the skill, the more valuable, but all workers, seems to me, deserve safe and decent work environments and a living wage and benefits. That's how we sustain them, ethically, humanely. So sustainability should first be applied to our colleagues, our fellow humans, our brethren. Otherwise, there is no sustained environment that means anything. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.